Look, this year has been great. Before you, it was all about Hillary Faye dragging my ass around all the time. And when you left yesterday, I stuck on my own. And it was okay. So... So, I realized that I might just be relying on you. The same way I was relying on Hillary Faye. I don't want to be the guy who's with the girl because he needs her. I want to be the guy who's with the girl because he wants her. And I want you. I want you too. Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Posh Presents Pictures Pow Wow. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I'm Bartek, also a host. Hello, Bartek. How are you? Good. I am good. How are you good? I am very good and well. I'm well, well, well. I am very well. The Lord has blessed me in this particular episode of Pictures Pow Wow, our weekly show in which you and I... The hosts of this show, believe it or not, we're not imposters. We didn't, we didn't replace the real versions of Brian and Bart. Like we're not, we're not definitely like clones we or are, anything. We, didn't, we are not imposters. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy, it's a religious reference. We are spitting Polish, likely because we are always spitting, and we both happen to be Polish. Yes, and I'll it's prove it now. Thing. I'll prove that we're Polish. God, I love John Paul II. See. See? And he's Catholic, evidently. Yeah, and he's Polish. Or he's gay. He might have been, like, I love him. But who knows? We'll have to find out in this I, episode. I think, I think despite his, you know, incredible fame, I think he was still a little bit of the homophobic variety. Oh, what? A Catholic pope? Homophobic? In a way. No, Bartek, we're doing Pictures Power. This is a show in which we cover a movie that has been recommended, whether it's from you, me, or the listening people. This episode, we had a Listening People's Choice Award Listening ceremony. individual people. Yeah, one of our friends from university, Lucy, recommended the film we're covering today. What is that film? Saved! Jesus. Saved, with an exclamation mark at the end. Yes. Um, but proper capitalization, lowercase. Yeah. Saved yeah. was... Is a film from 2004 that was recommended to us. Now, if you listening people have not had the chance to watch the film Saved, we recommend that you go away, check it out, come back. Oh, you recommend it? Well, you know, we recommend that they check it out so that they can fully appreciate the nuances of the conversations we're going to get into in this episode because we're going to delve into the nitty gritty, the details, the characters, all the stuff. And And the faith. And the faith and everything in between. So, Bartek, this was a recommendation from one of our university friends. Mm -hmm. We both said at the end of the last episode that we didn't know what this was. No, we didn't. We had never heard of this film before. I didn't even know what it was about. I didn't know who was in it. I just put it on. Yeah, I and it was like I'm getting a hit with a lot of things. Yeah, same. Mainly, it's Macaulay Culkin's in this movie. That was a big hit. It was the that was the main <laughs> name I noticed. Yeah, I, I think just before I watched the film, I saw like a one sentence synopsis, but then I kind of forgot it. Right. Then the film started, and I saw all the, the the, the imagery. Yeah, and, I saw and the, a lot of things. the exclamation mark when the title showed, and the music, the Christian song, and, and the clouds, and the clouds. Yeah. 
So this film, our history with it is we had not seen it until doing it for this show. Yeah. This is a this is the mystery box, people. I was literally <laughs> thinking that last night. Like we're basically doing a mystery box. But you know, once I started to watch it, I understand why this was recommended to us, and I completely understand why the person who recommended this to us recommended this to <laughs> us. This is uh, to break down the plot. Just briefly, in case you know people are not familiar or haven't checked it out or just need a refresher, the plot of this movie is set in the the setting is a very Christian environment. All of our characters are very Christian, like, except for yeah, one Jewish girl, like an evangelical Protestant. Yeah, yeah, and they all go to this very hoity-toity, very high-end Christian school, and yep. it's very much everyone is brain kind of that brainwashed kind of mm. Jesus and God, and everything's going to be great. And our main character, Mary. Um, her boyfriend reveals to her that he is gay, mm -hmm. and she believes that Jesus has spoken to her to tell her to save him. Mm, to cure from him of his gayness. gayness. So she believes that sacrificing her holy virginity will be what saves him, and she ends up getting pregnant. Mm. Essentially, the film is a character arc for this character. Um, you know, questioning her faith and what she believes. And who her friends are. Yes, and, and but the main thing is the, the tone of the film is like religious satire without going too far, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, and yeah, and she gets pregnant and it's basically a series of events unfold from there. She's hiding the pregnancy from everyone. Pe certain people find out, certain don't, and... Uh, you know, faith is tested, yeah, and friendships are broken, enemies close, are made. Her closest allies become the people that she wasn't really that close to or that you wouldn't think she'd be friends with. And Macaulay Culkin's in it. And Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> and he's, 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 he's the token non... Well, apart from the girl, he's the token non-Catholic of the Catholic bunch. Well, they're not Catholics. Sorry, sorry, Christians. Christians, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to scare... Because apparently some Christians are scared of Catholics or Yeah, something. they're like, uh, we're Christians... That's Catholic. And I'm like, I don't know what Those that people means. that came to your door once or whatever? Yeah. Well, I know many people have said that to me over the years. Don't worry. <laughs> so, Bartek, what did you think about this movie? Uh, you know what? It wasn't the best film, but I had a good time with it. Okay. What What about it worked and didn't work for you? So, I, I, I we've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast that I, I have grown up in a slightly more Christian environment than, than yourself. Mm. Um, not that that would, you know, dissuade or not add things to your perspective, but um, mm. I, I was looking at this... I mean, I've lived with Christians. You have, yes. Yeah. So well, technically, I have, ones too. Like, <laughs> ones like this, though. <laughs> um, I, so one of the things I was looking at was, okay, this film is clearly, you know, satirizing religion. So I wanted to see at the end of it, like, what the outlook would be. So that was something that I found very interesting. By the end of the film... Actually, to, to go back to the beginning... Obviously, when I saw the title, you know, the exclamation mark was literally a cross over yeah, a dot, yeah. mm. and it was clearly religious. The whole opening narration was basically, I love Jesus. I was worried. I was worried at the very beginning. I mean, I knew I shouldn't have been worried because Macaulay Culkin was in it, but I'm like, oh, did Lucy recommend one of these faith-based films to us <laughs> to be a dick? Is this something Cinema Snob should review? Mm. Um, yeah, so I, w I was wondering, like, okay, what's the tone of this film going to be, and what's its overall message going to be? And I was surprised at the end that it wasn't a very cynical one i found that refreshing yeah um obviously yeah this is a comedy and it feels like it's tailored more towards a female audience so there was a bit of a disconnect there but i think it did a decent enough job overall yeah. um 
I'm very curious to hear what what Mr. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not one to talk, but you haven't exactly enjoyed all the listening people's choices we've had so far. Well, that's true. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have not. Yeah. Well, this was an interesting movie to say the least. Mm. Um, I'll go with this. I did enjoy this movie. Yay! Yes, I, that's I liked good. it. I have some issues with it. Mm-hmm. The issues that aren't detrimental, like some of the issues I've had with other movies, I mean, you can say they are, but for me, the things that work about it work so strongly. But yeah, I do have some issues with it, but overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked the experience that this jo- the journey took me on. I liked the characters. I liked the humor. The humor really gelled with me. I'm more familiar with these types of uh, movies than you are, I would say. I, I, the, this is one of those movies that if you had a, a Blu-ray or DVD collection, you would sit this movie right next to stuff like Mean Girls, Jawbreaker, Heathers, The Waitress, like these kind of, uh, you know, female uh, uh, comedy-esque type of movies that aren't like Bridesmaids or stuff like that. These are more like uh, finding your identity, coming of age... Uh, movies with a kind of uh, dark, twisted, comedic uh, conceit in the center of it all. Yeah. And um, with kooky characters. You would also sit next to it Empire Records. Um, St. Trinians, maybe? St. Trinians, yep. Uh, You know, stuff like that. Uh, You know, maybe, yeah. St. Trinians, I'm not too sure. But, like, yeah. And Empire Records, I just say there's some similarities. But this feels a little bit more... Independent and kooky, Mm. like the stuff I mentioned, while Empire Records feels a little bit more Hollywood, like Hollywood kooky. (laughs) Yeah. While stuff like Mean Girls and Heathers and Jawbreaker and this sit nice together. This is the Christian takedown entry, while the others are more about femininity and socialism, social classes and all. That's also in this too, but this has the religious angle on it as well. It's a lot of those things, but with a Christian twist or whatever. So... Uh, yeah, I was very thrilled seeing this. It mm. was so nice to not know anything about this movie. A yeah. lot of the times when we've covered movies on this show, we still have an inkling of something about it. Mm. You know, with Pictures Powwow, I think I've known every single movie that we've done thus far, at least known or known about them, whether I have or haven't seen them is a different case, but I've at least known what I was going to be watching. Like, with two hands, I knew I was going to be watching an Australian crime movie, and, you know, once you know that, you're like, okay... Oh, I thought you were talking about Mystery Box. I'm like, where are you going with this? Oh, the mysteries. Uh, yeah, the Mystery Box, obviously, Sorry, you, is a different You're talking case. about Pictures Power. Pictures Power. I think I said Pictures Power, but... I must have heard wrong. When <laughs> uh, even with Unappreciated Masterpieces, I usually had an inkling of what we were watching, but this is a different case for this type of show, and with a recommendation of it. So I, I walked into this with optimism and i came out optimistic as well like i said i have some issues but we'll, we'll get into that a bit later mm-hmm. Bartek, what was some of the stuff that you, you you really enjoyed about this movie characters moments just general um so i i did enjoy uh i guess it kind of reminded me of um 30 going on 13 going on 30. Or suddenly 30, depending where you are. Well, I was about to say 30 going on 30, so not much <laughs> difference. Um, it, it reminded me of that because at the beginning of the film, it that film established, like, oh, this is the character that we're following, and these are other characters that they do not get along with. And then when mm. when the when the film progresses, that like kind of switches around a little bit. 
obviously there's a twist there where they break away from that character later on. Yeah. Um, but in this one here, I did enjoy that that aspect. I already mentioned it that the main girl starts getting along with the characters that you know are the outsiders, and the characters that she was super close with are now the the characters that are basically the antagonists of the film. Yeah. Um, I, I did enjoy <laughs> the whole Christian-based thing, like, because this is a satire, so there's obviously the huge exaggeration of, well, I say exaggeration, but I'm mm. sure you're looking at me like it's not an exaggeration. <laughs> um, it was very scary watching this movie <laughs> at times. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. I've seen this, I've lived this. I've already said the word of evangelical in this episode. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the whole hypocrisy i guess this like i said this film isn't completely cynical about religion that it actually no it has some upbeat things about religion it's more pointing a finger at how certain individuals twist faith and yeah, religion the, the for their own yeah. means and understandings and to make themselves feel superior or comfort yeah the whole hypocritical angle was a big focus of the film and i know that towards the end it even established that like our antagonist and our protagonist both thought that they were following what Jesus told them to do. Yeah, yeah so that was exactly. a good little parallel there. Um, I thought he was going to say parable. Parable. Jesus, I think you're going to go full on, are you? It's like the Good Samaritan, right? <laughs> oh, my favorite. <laughs> there were two dickheads that didn't help the little guy, but then the Samaritan came along, and he was a Samaritan. <laughs> yeah, I got it now. <laughs> um, it's no year one. <laughs> That's what year one was missing, a Good Samaritan. I think it had that. I think it, it had the Good Samaritan in it. Yeah, we have to rewatch year one. It's I, been I, too long. I still have the DVD. you got to rewatch it now. Let, let's get Liam. Uh, <laughs> he loved it. Oh, wait, David Cross was a Samaritan. No, he was he was Kane. <laughs> he was Kane. <laughs> so you were saying that you did enjoy the fact that, although it is a satirical takedown of religion, it doesn't um, co- totally condemn it as an institution or as a part of an individual's life. More it's the fact that certain individuals have a hypocrisy about it I agree, I think that that is the strength of this movie, I could see a lot of Christian people being very much against this movie yeah, I... and I could see them taking it as a personal like attack and sometimes it is an attack I know that in the it... reception section on, on Wikipedia there was like one or two examples of people being like no this is no good half a star out of five yeah and look and a lot of things production wise happened to this as well where certain people and individuals found out about what the film oh yeah that's right that's pulled right out, like certain lo- filming locations and, and catering and whatnot so i i think that the that this movie's doing a good job of satirizing and making fun of religion in not truly an offensive way in comparison to stuff like, say, the thing that South Park guys do and and Family Guy and a lot of other mainstream, more comedic forces when they have a piss on religion. It's more of an aggressive takedown with, like, mm. we'll take no prisoners kind of attitude. But this is kind of a bit more forgiving and understanding, and at the end of the day, a lot of the characters still believe in God, and the ones that don't are more understanding of the ones that do. Mm. And they all learn to love and appreciate one another, even they appreciate and care for the villainess at the end of this movie. Mm. So I think that is a valuable strength of this movie. This could have been a real easy road to go down where you're like, and I'm going to make like a... uh, 
uh, you know, one of those American high school movies. It's set in a Christian school, and at the end, we decapitate Jesus's head on the cross. And like, there's you know, going like, to see... be an overly friendly priest that's very touchy, and yeah, you know, he does backflips. The <laughs> the the pastor guy, the principal. Remember that scene where he did a backflip onto the stage and started wooing. Remember that? Fuck, I don't. <laughs> After they did their singing on the stage at the school. Oh, right. And he, like, that was way earlier. Back yeah. flips on or front flips. <laughs> he just starts flipping on. I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? I need to see that again. <laughs> yeah, you missed it. You missed it. I clearly, flipping. I mean, I, I saw every frame of the film, but I. Just... Every frame's a painting. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, I blinked sometimes. So. You blinked. Maybe and I missed... You missed it. Um, I missed the subliminal flame. Did you have films. any particular moments of comedy that you enjoyed? Because this is a comedy film. I do remember there was one line that made me laugh, but I've, it slipped my mind. Now, I'm not saying there was only one line, but there, there was, was w- one. You hear it? But there was one in particular where I was like, ah, ha, ha. I think it was a somewhat dumb joke, though. <laughs> I. It was like a joke that ended a scene, then it hard cut. I enjoyed Hillary Faye a lot. She was a lot of fun. I enjoyed her trying to convert the Jewish girl. <laughs> I enjoyed when the Jewish girl started to tell her all of her sins. Like, oh, there's all the swears, of course. And she's just like, of course there are. Those two were amazing characters. And they gelled really well off (laughs) one another. They were really, really, like, uniting in their performances. I loved when she had to cover her mouth when she was talking about, like, all the oral sex. (laughs) I go, okay, okay, I can't handle this. Or when she started speaking in tongues. She's just saying offensive things like my pussy is hot or whatever. Yeah, and, and Hillary Faye like starts standing up and taking charge of all this. It's so <laughs> great. I also like that sequence where you heard everyone's prayers. Oh yeah, that was a yeah. Fun little sequence where the camera just starts going around each one of them and it's, they it's all a have good... something going on. Yeah. I liked um. I'm forgetting the character's name, but the the Asian friend in yeah, the group. Tia was it? Tia? No, Tia was Tia. No, Tia was the one that nobody liked, right? Wasn't that, oh, that Tia? One. Wasn't that the one you, from Princess Diaries? You're, well, I mean, you're the one um, that has. But the what names. I liked about her was how we heard all about her life in the very beginning, where she's just like, yeah, she's adopted I got, I got or, adopted, yeah. and you see her like black family like waving Veronica. Veronica. Um, and then when she's praying, she's like, thank you for not, like, sending me to the eternal flames <laughs> or whatever. It's like, oh. That was a really good thing to have in a beginning act. It gives you, like, a little insight to the characters. Yeah, yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed when it did get those slightly more pressing the boundaries of the logic of the filmmaking. Like, this film never got surreal, but it did look at surreal elements and kind of nod at it. Like, you know, like, that's a little bit, like, goofy and different than just Mm. if you panned over and they're all praying in silence. At least you got to hear their internal thoughts, and it was kind of like a fun, goofy aspect of the movie. And they had other little moments of interesting filmmaking choices along the way. I thought this was a really enjoyable movie overall. Mm. Um, did you have a favorite uh, uh, sequence in this movie? Like a scene that really stood out or sequence of events that really was like, yeah, they nailed that or I really, really enjoyed it? I don't know so much about nailing, but I enjoyed all of the interactions between... Man, if you just said Christ after that, I don't know about nailing Christ, but they did paint him. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> nailing scenes, but I really like Christ, actually. <laughs> um, I, lo- I enjoyed all the interactions between the Jewish girl Cassandra and uh, Macaulay Culkin. Roland. Roland. Mm. Yeah, because it, it, these two characters are the, the main two outsiders of the film, especially at the beginning. Yeah. And it, you have this sense of like, oh, well, 
Macaulay Culkin, he, he's um he's crippled in this film. He's and he's the younger brother of, of Hilary Faye, Faye, the antagonist. Uh, so he's in a wheelchair and he has to be driven around, and he's clearly not of a man of faith. No, he's just he just wants to read his comic books and just listen to music and listen to music and snark about things. Um, and then you're introduced to Cassandra, just the, like Macaulay Culkin. Just today. like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Macaulay, I know you're listening. Love I thought you. I thought I was watching Home Alone just with a wheelchair. I thought I was just watching a documentary about Macaulay Culkin <laughs> pretending to be in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was. This is. Yeah. This is like. 15 years before he was on Angry Video Game Nerd. Oh, boy. Wait, and Red Letter Media. He didn't look that different, actually. <laughs> no. No, he's, he's actually aged flawlessly from 24 to now. <laughs> yeah. He had a weird face with long hair, but now he's back to normal. Damn, he's 40 next year? Macaulay? It's crazy don't tell us that. That's a, that's a lie. You're a child forever. You're a child Throw in marbles. our hearts. Um, yeah, Cassandra, she's the, she's the Jewish girl in the school who, uh, there's a bunch of rumours about how she used to be a stripper and all that. <laughs> that she facilitates. That she facilitates <laughs> and just, like, admits, like, I'm not really a stripper. Um, yeah, and she, the film, I, I, I didn't know what the film was going to do with her, but I liked where they went with her. You know, the, she was the, the non-Christian person that had a sense of morality. I liked when she put rotting meat... Bacon, was it? Bacon in the lockers. Yeah. And then she was like, you know, I've decided, you know, I'm going to worship Satan. <laughs> and then she keeps, walks away and the chick's was like, oh! Her face is so thrown out. So you were more talking about a favourite character there. Yeah. Did you have any favourite, like, scene or sequence of events that happened in this movie? You're really struggling. I know. I, I mean, I enjoyed the film. Really, I did. It just uh, didn't stick with you, huh? No, it's it stuck with me. I just thought like the whole thing was, you know, generally really good. I really enjoyed that whole sequence of events of when um Hillary Fay starts to try and be the soldier of God and convert her back by kidnapping her in a in the van uh, yeah, and trying yeah, the, to the perform an exorcism. Scene. Yeah. Which I find very amusing because they're not Catholics, so they can't be performing exorcisms. But uh, you know, I mean, mm. that's a very Catholic thing to do. But in movies and with dumbass Christians, they think that they can, but they can't. I like, uh, I like when she threw the book. And then, then it's like you don't use that as a. We- this is not a weapon. You idiot! <laughs> <laughs> you idiot! Um, you know, yeah, I like that whole moment where. Our antagonist who thinks they're a good person and they've been enlisted to bring our main character back into the fold and they immediately go with, I'm going to exercise her demon out of her. Like, like <laughs> not, I'm going to have a conversation or, or maybe, you know, do a prayer or anything. She's like, immediately, she's, she goes with, I'm going to exercise a demon out of her because that's what's going on, obviously. I mean, mm. there's no other options here. <laughs> Um, earlier in the film, we're introduced to the main character's boyfriend, the one that ends up being gay. And he, yeah, Dean. Yeah, and he, he kind of takes a back seat, especially in the middle act of the film, because he's sent to a... Mercy camp, House. A Mercy House. basically a, uh, one of those scary-ass Christian places where they lock you up yeah, it's, and it's, do it's, shit to you. Basically, gay conversion therapy is going on yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gay conversion therapy, but also a bunch of other things on oh, top yeah, of that, it's, like it's single a, mothers and It's all a that. big umbrella of disturbing stuff that they've got going on there. Yeah, aside from, like, one shot of him talking on the phone, we never really see anything going on there. We see him in bed. Well, yeah, I know, but... Looking at the guy, and they're like, ooh. 
but we we don't see any of the practices there, and like no, the... but he he literally escapes from there at the end. Yeah, it's there's that a, there's bad. a whole there's a whole off screen film. It, well, we don't hear events. Well, there's an there, off screen but... film that got made last year by Joel Edgerton that's called Boy Erased, which is all about this guy's journey into going to one of those gay conversion therapy places. We've already got that movie. You could watch it, by I know, no, but called... what but what I'm saying is in the last act. He and a bunch of other people from that camp just suddenly turn up. It's like, we escaped. It was like, oh, well, we don't know what was happening there, but you escaped. Did you want more scenes cutting to them of, like, tying sheets together and throwing it out a window and climbing them down (laughs) in the spotlight? I wanted wanted a whole spy film going on at the same time. You wanted the great escape going on in the (laughs) background, right? You wanted them to dig tunnels and and a shovel would come down in front of them and they look up and it's like... uh, it's like a, a one of the mums being like, no, 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 and he's like, ah, oh. like all these failed escape attempts, and very scary wardens. Yeah, but they're all like, like your, they're your all friendly auntie-looking kind of <laughs> ladies. Where that like, and Book of Mormon people. Yeah, the Book of Mormon type of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed the character of Hillary Fay. I thought this was a very interesting antagonist, especially in these types of movies. In these types of movies. The antagonist, whether it be you know, Rose McGowan or from Jawbreaker or, or the Heathers from Heathers or uh, Regina George from Mean Girls, they're usually very similar to this character where they're socially on the top, they're, they're pretty, they're, mm. they're rich, they're sociopaths or psychopaths, little feeling... But the interesting twist with Hilary Faye in comparison to those is she has a fanatical belief that she is justified and right in her understanding. And the entire world I- that we see in this movie um, s- supports that attitude that, yeah. and has cultivated that. Well, something like She believes she's like the ultimate lawful good. Mm, well, something like the other ones are more based in a, a more understandable version of our reality where you can understand mm. like these kind of women were propelled because they're good looks and money. Well, this is more of that as well, but also the fact that she's the most pro-Christian person in mm. this universe. She's basically this film equivalent of like the most popular girl in school you know like one of the five girls or whatever yeah five chicks um fuck i had a point to make uh was it about hillary it was about her yes oh when she was first introduced and she's like shooting the gun um (laughs) because i didn't know where the film was going with the whole you thought they introduced gun in the first act using the third no i actually didn't think of that until i was reading the trivia where one of the endings was her shooting up the school apparently (laughs) I would have loved that. Apparently, this film had 200 rewrites, but... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, So, anyway, yeah, in that first scene where she's, like, giving advice, like, I thought maybe this film is still going to be... Not to the edgy extreme of, like, South Park and and Book of Mormon and all that, but, like, I thought it was going to be, like... Kind of like the Book of Mormon, Christianity is, yay, the best thing all the way through, and she was going to be, like, a Gemma Arterton from... Uh, St. Trinian's kind of character. Like, oh, she's right. she's going to be the mentor character because she knows what she's talking about. Right. And because of the tone of the film, I thought that, like, that was going to be supported there and it was going to be, you know, funny because she's right. so extreme. So when she did end up being, like, oh, antagonist and she becomes more like uh, the characters you mentioned in those other films, like the, yeah. the bitchy popular girl, I thought, like, oh, okay, I... There was a... 
precedent that that would have happened, but I actually didn't see it coming because nice. of my expectations. So uh, I was pleasantly surprised by that. I loved her journey in this movie of descending into complete madness. Yeah. And the fact that you, although she's a terrible person, that she's twisted these beliefs, there are points where you understand why... For instance, she keeps constantly getting bullied by this this other girl at school, the Jewish girl. Cassandra, yeah. Cassandra. And she always takes it up to Father uh, Pastor Skip. Yeah, the principal. And he, as a principal, does nothing. He's like, God will sort it out. We'll be fine. And that's like, <laughs> you can understand why it propels her to, yeah, like, obviously it's wrong, but it propels her to vandalize the school and do all these terrible things even more so. So the institution that she believes should be working isn't working because the institution that she believes in is working. So the school institution's failing her because the religious institution <laughs> is succeeding. Do you see what I mean by that? I kind of do, yeah. So it's like a, like it, her own religious fanaticism has bitten her in the ass because the, the principal's not going to do anything because God's going to sort it. Yeah, but she does have that line later on where she mentioned, I think it was her, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, she said, oh, I told you this thing, but you didn't do anything about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her? Yeah, and yeah. she gave him the recording and, like, literally all this stuff that would have been enough mm. for him to at least put her on suspension. Well, and... yes, he, he wanted evidence, not science, and he got evidence. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback to many years. <laughs> um, yeah, he needs evidence of receipts <laughs> that are found at the bottom of a, this car seat. Well, the signature's van. what does it for well, him. Well, the signature yeah. does it at the end. Um... What did we think of our main character of Mary and her journey and, I guess, the romance? Because it's also a romance movie on a level. Yep, so... Not as a strong a level, but on a level. Yeah, you said that this film has a narrator? Mm. I mainly... We're back in that territory. Hmm. We went away from one episode with no narrator character, but we're back in. It's really making me realise how many movies rely on narrators. Yeah, sometimes it's weird to think about how on Wikipedia, when you look at like a page for a film, it has all like the the cult, the box in the top right corner, and has all that information. Sometimes they have a like narrated by thing there. <laughs> it's like oh, there well, there's a reason they have that, I guess, because a lot of films have narrators. Um, I yeah, I mainly remember her narration from the very beginning of the film to like set the stage and you know who she is. And I, I found that pretty funny because it, like, just cemented, like, I'm super religious, blah, blah, blah. My dad died. I tried to do the same thing and die. And <laughs> she was stopped. Like, God had a plan for me. Yeah, just a very, a lot of very on-the-nose religious things there that you can kind of see yeah. the tone of where this film's going. And you have a great juxtaposition thrown in with each one of those, like, like when they're painting Christ or whatever, and it's all happy. <laughs> and Macaulay and, Culkin. And Macaulay Culkin gets called, like, a retard or something, like, offensive from the sister. or like It's like the, the wrong kind of... Yeah. Yeah, like... Attitude. And then... Like, he's not retarded. He's just in a wheelchair. Yeah, no, she's like, are you mentally retarded too? Because he says something. Um, and it then was about you, Jesus You have brown. like, oh, we're, we're, you know, a group of girls just doing our best, being so friendly to everyone as they show them protesting, throwing shit at women coming yeah. out of the Planned Parenthood clinics. And you're that, like... That's an immediate, yeah, like, <sighs> juxtaposition of good thing, but not good thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a classic uh, comedy moment and yeah. it really lands very well on that opener 
Um, we I liked Jenna Malone's performance as Mary. I liked Mary overall as a character. There were certain aspects of her story that I didn't care for. But overall, the character, the arc that she goes on, and the way, for the most part, that she goes on that journey, and the performance, I think, did a really good job. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like the twist of the knife of her getting pregnant on her first time, and <laughs> and the complications that that sets in for the story, and, you know, the forming of friendships and the deterioration of others. Mm. I thought that was really well done. I thought Jenna Malone did a really great job. I'm I'm not as familiar with her as an actress. I've seen her in yeah, some right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, usually playing very opposite of this. Usually she's... Uh, in stuff I've seen, she's been more of uh, antagonistic or kind of unnerving or stuff like that at least that's what i can claim to have seen from her work while this she you know this is her young and she's all like bright-eyed and she's just learning slowly that life's going to be miserable i thoroughly enjoyed her i thought she was a great central character to Mm. to guide you through this world in in my uh year 11 or year 12 religious education class i can't remember which year um I remember, yeah, growing up in high school, Ari was a mandatory subject from 7 through 11, then 12, Mm. you didn't have to do it. I still did it in 12, because I remember through 7 and 10, it was kind of like, yeah, just another class, you know, whatever, it's easy, just do it. Yeah. And then in year 11, I had a really good RE teacher, and a lot of things were, like, really clicking for me. I'm like, oh, I I think I can actually see the appeal of religion now, really. Yeah. And I remember one of the points she made was that religion is, like, a personal experience. Yep. You kind of take out what you want to take out. And I I really like that perspective. So, you know, like, when you see, like, an ultra-religious person, everything's, like, really typical about them. Like, oh, you have this stereotypical belief, you know, like, homophobia or whatever like that. It's it that kind of makes you like roll your eyes, be like, oh, typical religious person. But I really liked in this film, it kind of touched into that idea of the personal experience. Like mm. they teach in this film that premarital sex is bad, but and homophobia is bad, and homophobia is bad too. Um, I, I make that sound like a tangent thing. Like yes, uh, yeah, sure it is. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> um, but I I did like the angle of uh she saw premarital sex as having... I, I know there was the whole, like, gay conversion thing going on, but yeah. they played it kind of, like, genuinely. Yeah. I guess early on to the point that it's like, oh, I know this is a bad thing, but they have good intentions. Yeah. And, and she saw premarital sex as having some sort of purpose. Yeah. Which I can kind of appreciate, even though, overall, it is a, it is a bad thing. But, like, the heart was in the right place, and it was, like, a unique perspective. And, like, when she questioned in class, like, oh, what if there is, like, a, you know, part of God's plan to have premarital sex? And she was just told, like, what are you talking about? I don't understand. That was, like, like an example of, you know, the personal experience, the personal thoughts versus, you know, the typical. Yeah. That was another angle I liked. I'm coming up very Christian this episode, aren't I? (laughs) Hallelujah! Uh, Jesus. Marijuana. Um, Marijuana. Marijuana. Oh, you're talking d- about Reefer Madness? Last week, <laughs> Ryan showed me Reefer Madness the musical, and there were some things in this film that, like, reminded me of that. <laughs> good, good. Jesus didn't appear, though. Um, well, his, his likeness appeared there's in a the gi- pool. There's a giant picture of Jesus. Oh, I meant the pool. Oh, and the swimming yes. pool when the guy saved her from the pool, and she saw Jesus, and he's like, save him. Mm. What I will say to go into more positives before we get into my issues, mm-hmm. 
I think all the actors are doing a brilliant job. I think that the comedy works really well. I like the friendships and relationships between each character for the most part. Um, I really liked Roland, his like uh, Macaulay Culkin and Susan Sarandon's daughter. Their relationship was really believable, really solid. I liked them becoming uh, like this trio of friends, and uh, you know, I liked. I like uh, that a lot. I like that a lot. I liked all this stuff, but the big thing that we got to talk about with this is, uh, you know, we've been we have been talking about, it, but this whole you know takedown on religion stuff is so well done in my belief like i think this was really classy Mm -hmm. i think it never gets to like yeah us atheists wrote this fuck you to us going to catholic school when we were 12 like you know it never (laughs) felt like petty yeah it always felt like very uh, you know justified and there were some christian characters that still come out good at the end of this you know like ones that didn't go on the journey that these character main characters did like uh, but others that had their own little journeys that still remain christian throughout that still come off pretty good like like the mum, you know she she was christian throughout the whole movie and you know she never questioned her faith or anything to to a degree or anything so and she still comes out pretty good at the end of this you know mm-hmm. um i think it's interesting with our backgrounds you know you you grew up in a more religious environment than me you went to a religious school i went to a public school mm. um you didn't wear school uniforms did you yes <laughs> oh, you did oh, i think i think i remember you saying you wore like jeans or something at one point oh when i when i was finishing school i just stopped Wearing, wearing them because okay. you, you're like, I guess oh, that's... you got two weeks left. No one gives a shit. Oh, I, oh, last two weeks. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're finishing up school in in Australia and in New South Wales, you know, you get to that point where it's just nothing but exams. So it's like, what's the point? Oh well, in in this state, they if for when you're in UVC, you just don't go to school except for the exams, so you don't have to wear the uniform. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like Japan where you have to wear it like on weekends if you're going to school or whatever. So what I was gonna say was. Yes, it's very interesting because we have different religious backgrounds, so this film influenced in different ways. I'm a lot more negative on religion, I would say. Mm. I'm not anti it. I'm, I, I represent myself as... I, I believe myself to be more of an agnostic, but I've had more negative run-ins with religious people. I mean, yeah. you know, I lived with two religious people in my life when I've grown up and lived in share houses. One of which was like hiding their Christianity from us because they were ashamed to admit it to like people their own age in this city. Like, you know, because you can get like a frowned upon look. But since they were hiding it from us, it kind of when it came out, it came out like it was times 10 because it was like this bubbling up and then release of like random Christianity and beliefs, and you go, oh, okay, wow, right, that came I, out I, of nowhere. I won't, I won't guess the name, but keyword Twin Peaks wine is that? Yeah, the person a person about? we've had on this podcast. Oh, okay, and you then, won't, okay. and then, um, and then I lived then with the craziest Christian person who genuinely believed that God spoke to her. So when in movies, when they believe that Jesus or God speaks to them, I don't take, I take it at face value a little more nowadays yeah. because I lived with someone who believe that god spoke to them mm-hmm. they didn't believe that god spoke to them with like his voice or whatever it was more like the intuitions of yourself or god's will speaking through you kind of stuff and i found yeah, that very terrifying you've told me many stories 
She believed more that the things that she didn't want in life were God telling her that she should do those things in life, which I find very disturbing. But that's kind of what this movie had going on with it as well. Certain characters doing things that they wouldn't necessarily want to do, but believing that it's God's will for them to do Mm. and ruining their own happiness in the process of fulfilling what they believe God's will is. So I see a lot of this critical takedown and uh, and I see how I've seen that firsthand in real life and I go, yeah. So when I see characters like Hilary Faye, uh, yeah, Hilary Faye. That's her name. Um, and her group of people and this school and the environment, I really empathize with, our, uh, with a trio of characters that are outside because it is a terrifying environment it is so alien and odd and creepy and disturbing and unsettling to someone like me and i think even to someone like you with the way that the movie constructs constructs this universe it was a lot more yeah extreme like i in my schooling obviously there are a lot of like brothers or Mm. my primary school had a church like next to it and like we saw the priests also we're from australia no offense, yeah. America, but your extreme Christians are a lot more terrifying one, yeah. than our extreme <laughs> Christians. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, something about Christianity in my schools. Yeah, brothers. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. My my the schools that I went to are part of the De La Salle Brotherhood, which is a whole international organization. So not only did we have like you know general Catholicism, we also had like oh De La Salle Brotherhood beliefs, like throughout the whole thing like i still remember the bloody hymn to the founder and everything like that <laughs> man i remember at my public school i found out like near the end that our school had a song like its own <laughs> song and it sounded when i said terrible. hymn to the founder that's our school song yeah like uh, it had its own song written for itself not like <laughs> a pre-existing song yeah and it sounded like Xanadu. The weird thing, <laughs> the weird thing is, because I went to the two high schools, the one that finished at year ten, then you moved on to the next one. They both had the same school song, but the first one played it way, way, way more, like twenty times more than in the second one, and it was a lot more somber. Whereas the second one, it was the same song, but it was really upbeat. So every time someone from that school that went there, the whole ten, like seven years, like Reese or whatever. It would be like, why are you singing this song so weird? What happened to the somber song that we had drilled into our heads for four years? It was really weird. <laughs> um, let's get into our more negative movies. I mean, you 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 know, you you kind of said off the bat like this movie had some stuff that wasn't for you or didn't connect with you. So, mm. what are some of the more negative aspects of this movie or things that just didn't really click or work, and why? I, I feel like a ca- there's one character we haven't mentioned yet that I feel like could have been realized a little bit more. Mm. Uh, Patrick, which yep. is the the principal's son. So, we could also say uh, Sk- uh, Pastor Skip could have been realised better too. Yeah, there, there was more stuff going on with the principal, and yeah, but it could have been touched a bit more. So the son is introduced as, uh, you know, oh, he was a missionary. He was he's come to school late. He I think he even, he's skateboarding. He's skateboarding. He skateboarded. I think, I think they even them. I think they even said that he's a year or two older because he had to do the missionary work or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, I remember that Macaulay Culkin's a year behind because he got crippled. Oh, right. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. But anyway, he's introduced skateboarding. He's like, come in. And, like, you know, he's skateboarding the whole way. And we're like, oh, he, he maybe he's a bit more rebellious. But they... I thought he was going to be, like, the new kid who's, like, the bad boy. Yeah, that, that, that's how he's kind of introduced. Like, doesn't he give the finger, like, within ten mm. seconds of meeting him? 
Or not? No, I don't remember him. He gave some sort of hand sign that was like really like casual. Um, Maybe maybe it wasn't the finger, but I just remember him raising his hand. Then he like fist bumped Macaulay Uh, Culkin. Right, right. So yeah, yeah, he's introducing. You're thinking like, okay, they're saying all this stuff he did, and we're seeing how he behaves. We can kind of see that this is like a bad boy character coming along. But then they don't really do that with him. They don't do really anything with him except for he likes her and he's. Like, very loving. He's very loving. He goes along with, like, Hillary Faye's plans, but he's not really into them. He, he goes along with anyone. Yeah, it it just feels like, you know, handsome love interest boy. And it's weird to say handsome, because he really did look like a high school boy. <laughs> he did, yeah. Um, like, more than anyone, he really you... <laughs> looked like he was from high school. <laughs> well, hand- high school boys are handsome. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, for Hollywood conventions, yeah, yeah. he didn't meet that typical, like... He's not like the guy in Mean Girls, where it's like, his character trait is he has nice hair. Mm. Like, like it's, it's literally, like, the actor today has on Twitter, like, that as his bio. Like, I have nice... Like, I the quote from Mean Girls about him having nice hair. Because that's basically all that character has, too. So, basically, this character is, yeah, nice boy, handsome, he, he's... He gets with the main girl in the end. And if you're a... I I guess if you're watching this film and you have a crush on him or whatever, that's good. But with the tone that this film sets up with its comedy and stuff like that, it feels like there needs to be something more to his character to, like, fit into this world. It's annoying because I can see the justifications in the script and in the final product that that they attempt to make him more of a character with, like, him taking her out... Of this of the mall and hanging with her and like the the Christmas display and mm. I can see these moments or him with the scooter or what was it he the Vespa the Ryan. Vespa <laughs> and like there's all these moments that they try but it just doesn't feel enough and it feels like the characterization is off it feels to me like. They needed to go over the script again with that character. Just that character. The 201st time, yes. Yeah, you know, it does. It just feels like he was very weak. Or I agree. This could be something in the editing. It could have been edited down or mm. whatever. But me, I'm just a softie. I want more scenes between them so that I could build the romance, feel the romance, and you build the romance up for me. Yeah, I, I really feel like the romance of this movie is the weaker aspect. I mean, I appreciate the fact that he's a good guy and there's nothing wrong with him, but he's just uh, a a bit too flat for me. I wish there was more nuances. For a teen film, it's, like, just acceptable. Like, this is the 50% solid. It's like, you need to do more to make it more than just acceptable. Yeah, and and I'm not too shocked by this. In a lot of these films that I've mentioned before, like Mean Girls and Heathers and whatnot and this and... The male character love interest, for the most part, are usually kind of this mm. shallow or a little bit yeah. like less developed, and that's often the case with a lot of female characters in similar say, positions. Yeah. So you could see it as an equality or like a see it's a homage to that, but at the same time, I would argue. I would just like a good character at mm. the same time. Like, you know, like, like, even, even this like... isn't a such a satirical breakdown of yeah. these types of movies as it is one of these movies and it's using that movie formula to take down religion. The one in The Wedding Date was interesting. Like, he was a gigolo, he was hired, he had, like, some funny lines. Yeah, but he was... But that movie was a romance movie first. This I... is more of a coming-of-age, yeah, finding-yourself right. kind yeah. of movie. Comedy, then romance, I would say, okay, is well, then, lower down on the rungs. Then I, then I guess 13 going on 13 with soft low. Yeah, or... He had a bit more character going on. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, you know, I feel like they missed an opportunity with him. He's It is the biggest negative of this movie for me. I feel... Mm. 
Like, him and his father are a bit bland and the characterization's off. I'm not going to blame the actors. I'm going to blame direction and script. I feel like Father Skip is kind of... I don't know. He's just meh. He's, like, any time it cuts to him, I wasn't interested. And nor was yeah. I interested in her mother, if I'm honest. Like, Mary Louise Park is a great actress. But, I don't know, her mother... I, I guess I just didn't get her. You know, I didn't get what she was all about fully. Yeah, I she... feel like it was kind of like you got set up with what she was at the beginning. And then later, it kind of felt like she wasn't the same kind of character. But yeah, maybe less like, of me. She was like introduced as like sort of having a fling with the principal, the mm. pastor. Then there's a scene where she's like dressing up and a bit more skimpy. She's like, Mom, don't wear that. It's like, all right, I'll take this off. And she's like, <laughs> that was amazing. And then I remember the next major scene with her is like when they're in, I'm sure there was something else, but in the kitchen where they were like, would you send me, me to Mercy House? Yeah. And she's like, sure, why not? Oh, we didn't talk about, there is one great comedy scene that is with her and the mum when they're watching that like made for TV movie. And <laughs> the, the lifetime one, yeah. The woman's like, you know, I, I thought I was pregnant because I had all these symptoms that our main character's having. And then I took my pregnancy test and I found out like, uh, like it was actually... Cancer. Cancer was given those symptoms, and this scene ends perfectly with, she got that from a pregnancy test? <laughs> like, like, can you, how do you get that resolved? Like, you be in a pregnancy test, and it's like, it's well, cancer. You know how there's plus minus? It's when there's like a colon O face, like. Oh no. <laughs> Man, that was a really visual reference, because Bartek did the face, and he looked like a puppet when you just let go of the mouth. Um, and, you have the, and the eyebrows go up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Patrick's the weakest aspect, as is his father and her mother. I feel mm. like those three characters, they kind of deflate some stuff. Like, I love the intentions of what they are. I just don't like them very much or mm. feel for them. I don't hate any character in this movie, but they were the ones that I just go... Yeah, I, I see Patrick yeah. as needing a bit more going on, and with the, the two adults as just, like, refining what they were trying to do. Because yeah. there, there was, like, a, there was like an as with the adults, there was an aspect of, like, they had an affair, and they're upset about that, and eventually the mom has a poignant line towards... The, oh, no, it's the dad. Sorry, yeah, the principal's like, you know, because of our affair, your daughter got pregnant or whatever. And yeah. It's kind of like... The, th the thing with the principal is that he they do the whole thing of, like, you know, he's the super, super religious guy, but he doesn't have, like, comedic extremes to he it. He flipped! He flipped. Well, he flipped. He did a flip! Yeah, but after that, like, the fact no, that No, he I was forgot, never funny. Yeah, the fact that I forgot that he does a flip. It would have been neat if he had some more comedic stuff to his character instead he was just kind of like it felt like he was from one of those actual religious movies he says he says gangster and fat at two points yeah but it's it's played for like they genuinely enjoy it so i don't know mm. like it it's odd uh my big problem is the romance and that aspect of it i think everything else works pretty well i think for me the pacing was a little it's not a long movie it's 92 minutes but for me the pacing was a little bit slow in parts. I mm. feel like it could have been tightened. When you're like, they could have refined the parents. Me, honestly, I would have just cut that shit. Like, you know, like, and yeah. focused on the I'm other saying, stuff um, so yeah. that you can... The flow of the movie was I'm a little I'm saying if they're going to keep it, refine it. But, it, I yeah, I'd get rid of it too. The flow of the movie was off for me. I don't know about you. It just felt a little oddly paced at certain points. Like, when characters hit their low point. Like, oh no, Macaulay Culkin got left in the car park. And then, like, they Next. have to get back together, and it's, like, people driving around feeling sad. Like, I know this is what movies do, 
maybe I'm just a bit sick of that. But I mean, it's not just that. I feel like in some places, the pacing just kind of dragged its feet a little. Yeah, when Macaulay Culkin was left alone, I didn't really see that as like a low point for him. And then the film told me that that was meant to be. Because in the next scene, you know, they reunite and they're like, we're talking about Cassandra, the Jewish girl, and him, their relationship. It's she, implied, like, she gets he a... slept there the whole night. But doesn't he wheel through the town? Yeah, but he's laying, like, th- then the morning comes up, like, the sun comes up, and he's, like, in front of the Jesus. Fuck, I missed and that And then he caught thing. the bus. Okay, if I, I missed that, so maybe the film... That was my interpretation of it, I, that's what I took from it, because then, when they meet up, it's, like, morning. Just... And that wouldn't make any sense because it would be night. Think about it. Like, they left at the end of school when the sun's setting. They would have been sitting at that cafe at night if it was he just oh. wheeled to town. I guess in my head I just imagined, like, oh, he wheeled through town to home, then he went to the cafe next day, but I guess... No, he laid in front of the Jesus. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm a bit of an idiot. Because but... <laughs> he had no way to get home. Right. Okay, yeah, that makes a bit more sense, but I guess since I missed that, I was like, oh, why do you think that that was so bad? Like, he just went home. But himself. yeah, it's it's a low... It's the characters hit their low points, separate off, feel bad. Uh, oh, she's revealed to be pregnant. Oh, like, all the stuff's mm. happening with all our characters. Everyone's feeling shitty except for Hilary Faye, who's feeling great. Well, Hilary Faye and the, the trio were, like, trading blows. Like, they found an embarrassing photo of her from when she was young, and then she sabotaged... She graffitied the school and sabotaged them, got them yeah. in trouble. Um, There was a bit of back and forth, but, yeah, Hilary Faye kind of had more power going any on. Any other negatives that you feel about this movie or anything that just didn't work for you? I have a few other things, but... Well, let's hear them from you. Um, I know that this movie was a lower-budget movie, or at least I got the sense of it, but for me, I didn't like the look of the movie. It had an odd colour grading. I don't know. It, it obviously was cheaper. I'm going to give it uh, a benefit for... Like, I'll give it a pass on a level, but that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, it just didn't look visually as nice as some other movies. I don't know if it was something to do with the lower budget, but the colour grading, cinematography, I don't know, something about it, just uh, the colour of the movie kind of just didn't amplify the 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 feel of the movie like it just visually With, um, didn't match what i think just in color like looking at it you just go i don't know something's off about this w- was this fi- was it filmed mostly on cloudy days i don't know because i feel like this film had a lot of white going on especially with their uniforms yeah. so maybe the coloring of the sky considering the opening credits you know, it was going through, like, cloudy skies, yes, but there was still the blue behind it. Yeah, Blue but, skies uh, tends to be, like, related to religion, so maybe... Yeah, I don't know. Just maybe if they had more blue skies, that would, like, give uh, it a... Yeah, I think it just needed to look sharper. I mean, mm. it's a, I think it's a, just a lower-budget movie, and that's, that's okay. Mm. Like I said, structure, pacing, some of those little things were a little, you know, not great for me, but not enough, like I said at the beginning... These can be considered major issues with the movies, like the visual look and the pacing and structure, but they're not big enough issues that outweigh the good things about this movie. And um, I think that's kind of it, really. I think, you know, the movie ends... It just, you know, it ends exactly, you know, that, mm. you know, happy and everyone's fine and they take a photo and all the characters are there and it's and all the people like... from the camp ran away. You know, you know, and, you know, it ends on a upbeat note, but the ending didn't really do anything for me. It was like, yeah, I guess that's where you can end it. Like, it's not... 
an offensive error ending. It's just not like I don't know, just not a great ending. It's it's a serviceable ending for what I think was an interesting movie overall. When, it ended yeah. in a very serviceable fashion. That third act was very typical I remember, Hollywood third act. I remember when Hilary Faye started to direct her van at the Jesus statue. I was kind of like, okay, go for it. I thought she was going to get crippled herself and there'd be like her brother. I thought it was going to be thought, like a twist. I, th- I thought she was going to be more injured for sure. I mean, I liked her getting exposed. I thought that was great. I liked them forcing her to swear for God that she yeah. didn't do it. And, and they know it's a weakness, and then she does, and then they prove, then she gets proved wrong by Tia, the girl no one gen- likes. Genuine lawful character, so that's good. I like the threat that she makes to Tia, where she's like, "Yeah, I'll get rid of you and that good hair. Who will like you then?" You know, you know what Tia kind of reminds me of now. What? Do you remember when we did Drillbit Taylor? There was that one like dorky kid who like started off as being like one of the three dorky characters, but then he kind of became a cool kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's not as... She wasn't, like, mean, but Mm, but she kind of started off as, like, the outsider. Dude, you really need to see Jawbreaker. They have a character in Jawbreaker who's the narrator character, but the main character, and she was, like, a dweeby character, and then she gets sucked into the world and becomes blonde and sexy and, like, an egotist and... Is very similar, but Tia was played a little less so. Like she was still an all right person by the end of it. Mm. Um, I just remembered the line that made me laugh, and it's dumb. What is it? It was you remember when they were gonna pick up the the first boyfriend, and the, yeah. the parents were like, "We sent him to the camp." When Mary went back to the van, Hilary Faye asked her, "Is he coming out?" In, yeah, that's what made me laugh. Yeah, classic. That's classic. Dumb. That's so dumb. Um, and. Th- I think that's kind of it, isn't it, with Saved? I can't think of much else to talk about. I think this We definitely hit the big points. I think this was a really enjoyable movie. I'm glad we were recommended it. It was thrilling to go into something I hadn't seen before and come out at the other end actually feeling happy hmm. and feeling like I'd seen something. Macaulay Culkin, he did a really great job. I, yeah. I, I didn't expect it because I'm used to people talking shit about him as an adult actor, but I think he was great in this. I thought he was very fun and likable. He you stood know, out immediately. He too. didn't look weird to me, like some people have said. This movie is really hard to find. Um, yeah, I, I Few found people it. have talked about it. I mean, it's, apparently if you have Amazon, it's easy to find, but I don't. Roger Ebert gave it three and a half out of four. See, I'm surprised someone like Roger reviewed it, because I've found it very hard to even find reviews of this movie. Like, when you type on YouTube, no one's really reviewed this movie. It's so odd. I thought this would be, like, it's a cult classic. I thought there would be a bit more of, on, like, a buzz about it. Like, there was a musical for oh, Broadway yeah, yeah. or stage made about on, it. And on Wikipedia, like, I think the, the top line says that it was a sleeper hit, so it didn't get advertised much, but did decently well. Yeah, that. well, I'm glad to hear that. Um... Yeah, this was a fun recommendation. Thanks, Lucy. That was really great. I, Lucy, I you recommend... You're the first person to have been a listening people choice person that has picked something that Ryan liked. Woo! I mean, obviously, there's the element... Even of my fiancé couldn't do that. <laughs> Boom. Well, she picked something... She knew I had opinions on, yeah. but didn't know I hated. To be fair, we... we picked the film ourselves from the list of people, so it could have been anyone, but it, yes. it ended up being Lucy. Yes, Lucy. Uh, thank you so much. If you listening people at home or in a grave or driving, wherever you are, are you feeling say in grave? In a grave. If you're in <laughs> if you're engraved. 
If you're in a what, sh- what did you actually say? In a in a grave. Okay. That I've dug I heard for it them. Right. Okay. Yeah, I've said this every episode last like three where I was like, have you? I yeah, oh, shit, you I'm... I've dug a shallow grave for you. I've buried you in it. You're listening in a coffin. You got the headphone, the earbuds, and not earbuds, earpods. Earbuds, earbud is the dog movie. Wait a second, superfluous is a bad word. Oh my god. <laughs> and if you are wanting to follow us, we're on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter, Spit Spit and Polish Presents. And we have our email. What is our email, Bartek? Spit and Polish Ed at gmail.com. Yeah, or spit and polished at gmail.com. You can email us for suggestions of movies you want us to cover, some thoughts about what we've said in the episode, threats, scams, whatever you feel. Just email us through and, you know, we'll react to it internally. Comment on Ryan's grave obsession. <laughs> My grave obsession with graves. Uh, yes. Now, Bartek. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're recommending a movie, yeah. and we're going to be entering October. Yes, we are. Which is uh, which is this time for spooks mm-hmm. and scaries and spooky month. Spooky month. Spooky month. Um, we've we've got some Ryan and I in real life had some stuff coming up, so we think we can get three episodes out. Yeah, at least October. two or three. Two or three. We'll, we'll see what we do. We've got some stuff going on in life. We'll delve into that more so in the future. Yes. When we're getting closer Thing, to stuff. But yeah, things we Things coming able... together, things getting separated. We <laughs> are not going to be doing full spooky month, but we're at least going to get some spooky picks. Yes. Now, Bartek, what's your spooky pick for spooky month? I mean, this is one of... The, the film that I've picked first is one of the ones that's like, okay, Bartek's getting this one out of the way. I think you can probably guess what it is. No. It's something that I've shown you already. Uh, so this film for Spooky Month, I, I picked it because it has some some body horror, mm. some action in it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even spooky. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's got body, like, morphing stuff in it. <laughs> Fuck you, I know exactly what you're going to say. Go on, say it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a story about a guy named Ricky. <laughs> you're given the chance to do Spooky Month and you choose, like, a fucking Hong Kong action movie or wherever it's from. I can't remember. I love you. You're like, you know, we could do Spooky Month where I could choose, like, a horror movie, but I'm going to choose a movie where it's just violent. <laughs> it's like if I said, no, nah, Bartek, for Spooky Month, I'm choosing a, a little-known film called Kill Bill because that movie has blood in it. <laughs> I love it. So you're choosing... What is it? It's called Story of Ricky, a.k.a. Ricky O, which both Rickies are spelt completely differently. <laughs> I had another film pick, but then you said Spooky Month. I'm like, oh, shit. we got to do Ricky. I have to pick something a bit more spooky. Spooky Month, so... There's a ghost in it. There's a ghost in Story oh, of Ricky. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, great. And drugs. Uh, to specify for those listening, we will, be... will it be what copy of this? Will it be subs, dubs, what? We're going with the English dub. Okay, because I want to make sure. Because yes. it's always, when we go into foreign cinema, we have to do, do these declarative statements of like... For, for subs or dubs? Ju- just to just to reassure everyone, I think the English dub is easier to find. Also, it's funnier, and it's that's part of the reason. Yeah, <laughs> you love it. Uh, All right, we'll be doing the story of Ricky. No, no just of Ricky. story of Ricky. Nova. 
No, I'm saying we're going to be doing the story of Ricky O. No, the film's called Story of Ricky. We're going to be doing Story of Ricky O. See how that sounds different? Now you're mixing it. It's Story of Ricky, a.k.a. Ricky O. <laughs> Fuck you. And Story of Ricky is spelled R-I-C-K-Y, and Ricky O is R-I-K-I. <laughs> Why is it that? I don't know. I think it's because it's ba- so it's a Hong Kong film, but it's based on a Japanese manga, and I guess the well, ma- I guess the manga was called Rikio. We'll be getting into it next episode. So that's basically it, listening people. Thank you so much for sticking through, listening to what we've had to say. Like I said, you can follow us on the social medias, Facebook and Twitter. If you can rate us and review us on whatever podcast platforming site allows it, that would be very much appreciated. Share us around. Say to your friend, hey, you know that movie Saved that you love? Somebody did a review of it, and then you throw this in their ears. And it's like, know? oh my god, that's a childhood and classic. And it, it's Macaulay Culkin. He's like, I love Saved. And he puts it in his ears. It's like, oh my god, it's about me. Because, um, you know, <laughs> only like Macaulay Culkin loves his own work, is what I'm associating this with. Like, Macaulay Culkin's the biggest fan of this movie, because he was in it. Macaulay Culkin, why weren't you in... Uh... In... Ricky O, the <laughs> story. <laughs> that, and why weren't you in Dickie Roberts? That is a good question. Why wasn't he in Dickie I Roberts? I only just thought of it now. So, until next time, listening people, remember that God is watching you. I guess they had to give it to Jeff Conaway. Couldn't fit in Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, yeah, they had to give it to <laughs> known adult star. Like, known actor who's always an adult, Jeff Conway. But instead, he was born an adult. He was born an adult. <laughs> he was never a child. Kaniki was always a man. 